there's a couple of falsehoods with regards to graphic designers. And one of them is that we're kind of technicians clicking away at keys in a darkened room kind of by ourselves. And while graphic design actually happens individually, design by committee does not work. There's an enormous amount of collaboration. Hello and welcome to yet another episode of Arts Anatomy. Today's guest is none other than Phoenix, who is the head of the graphic design programs at Toronto Film School. Now, Phoenix, you've kind of done almost everything that you can do in graphic design. You've done client work, you've done agent work, you've art directed, uh, creative directed, worked all over the globe. But how did you kind of get your start? Was it something you've always wanted to do? No, actually, is the short answer. So when I was in high school, I loved science, still do. And I wanted to be an ethologist, which is someone who studies animal behavior. So I went to Guelph University for wildlife biology. And I realized there that the big life goal that I had was to study the animals and then really distribute that knowledge and talk to people and teach people about animals and communicate. And I realized that the most fun part of that big dream the part that really got me the most excited was the communication side. So I left Guelph and I decided to pursue communications. And I started out um, wanting to be a writer. And I went through a broadcast and communications program and marketing and with the intention to be a writer. And it was an art director teacher who I'm still in touch with um, that uh, pulled me aside and said, Phoenix, I think that you are, you're a designer. Like, no, I'm not a designer. And he asked me a little bit about my history with regards to art and design. And um, I talked about how I'm the daughter of a fashion designer and a commercial artist. And so I kind of went to art school when I was a kid and I didn't realize it because they were always putting things in my hands like pencils and cameras and, and paintbrushes. And we talked about light and color and the world and expression. So I audited a few design classes and I switched and um, I kind of found my people and found my place. And I've never looked back or, or wanted to change anything since then. That's incredible. <laughs> so It's a bit of a long origin story, I know. Yeah, but that's a really cool origin. <laughs> like, I would have never guessed that you wanted to kind of study animal behaviors. It's a really cool I know. Cool it's, it's something that happens. It comes up in the classroom quite often because a lot of students ask the same question. And what is not surprising is there's always people in the classroom that come from an analytical background. And I assure them that all of that scientific thinking, that, that loving of process and understanding of procedure, um, the attention to detail, and the problem solving that comes with that is of immense use in graphic design and really benefits anyone going into that career. So after you kind of, you know, stepped away from kind of that more scientific field, what were some of the first steps you made in to becoming uh, a graphic designer? The first thing that I did was I changed my major and um, I, I finished my marketing course and then um, kind of went to art school. And because although I had all of this knowledge and understanding of art and visuals, I needed it delivered in a way that was a little more systematic to me so that I could utilize it. It's one thing to have a great eye, as some people naturally do. It's another thing to be able to reproduce 
and to be able to communicate. So I did go back to school to kind of hone all of those skills and, and that side. This was in the early days, though, when I didn't learn any software in school. So uh, I left school with all of this um, design knowledge and jumped into the work world. And one of the first things that they asked me during my interview was, so do you, you know how to use Quark Express and WordPress? And I'm like, of course I do. I absolutely know how to use. Oh, sorry. I said WordPress. I meant, um, oh, I can't even remember what that old software I, is called. I can't help you. I no. have no idea. Graphic design software. There, There's an old software that sounds like WordPress. And uh, so, of course, I said that I know the software and just spent the first week working all day and then learning how to use all the software that I needed to use that night. I was very fortunate to have a couple really wonderful bosses when I was starting my career that allowed me to go off and take some more classes and take some more workshops and things like that and really just kind of hone all the knowledge into something that was more usable um, on a day-to-day basis. Your career's kind of spanned. Almost everything you can do in graphic design. And would you call yourself more an art director or creative director now? What kind of role have you found yourself um, in? I think that uh, I think that creative director um, feels the most comfortable to me at this stage because it's a bit more all-encompassing. And there's creative directors in a lot of different fields in a lot of different areas. So you can line up ten different people that all have the title of creative director, and they do vastly different things. Um, each day. So that to me feels most comfortable because it's kind of self-defined. What I find where my career is now is really focused on that big picture. I'm more interested in building a brand from the kind of top down and the creation of the message and the concept, the big ideation that kind of comes behind all the actual deliverables. So I hand all that big information over now to designers very happily to execute on all the deliverables. So how do you uh, realize a brand's identity and kind of realize those big pictures idea? Do you have a method that you go through or is every project completely different? Well, it's very interesting. Um, The same way we do the exact same thing, no matter how big or small the brand is, no matter what the message is, um, but the outcome is always going to be vastly different depending on that foundation. And that's where it all kind of comes to. So even when I'm talking to my clients, you know, what I tell them is more than anything else, they need to know what the brand actually stands for. What is that message, that core message? A brand can have a lot of different communications. It can have a lot of different conversations with its audience, but there's one core message that will never waver, that will never change. Um, and that is what we hone in on. So we look to see what that core message is, and then it's our job to visualize that. And sometimes it is through metaphor, and sometimes we have a concept that's rooted in visual communication, and sometimes we have these concepts that are actually rooted in layers and layers of meaning, and then we have to find a visual way to express it. But um, the process is always the same, that it's like, okay, how can I tell people that this is comfort? Or how can I tell people that um, this is all about uh, self-help or whatever that kind of message is? Yeah. And so is, you know, the kind of the overlay is the same for every brand. Is there a difference working between client and 
agency, if you're working directly with a client or if you're working in-house somewhere? The difference is, the difference stops um, once you've hit a certain level of experience. So for a junior designer, it's a vastly different experience because a lot of junior designers are not going to have the access to the client. Um, it's going to take a few years at least before anyone will trust them um, in front of clients. But what I have found actually is that a lot of our graduates, because of the experience that they have within the program and um, because of the way that we set up our assignments and, and things like that, that uh, they actually get pushed forward in front of clients much faster. Um, but once you hit a certain level of experience, you're talking to clients no matter what, and you're interacting with clients, um, and it doesn't matter whether you're kind of an independent or um, within a studio or agency. Within a studio or agency, typically there's support staff, and there's a whole team of people. And uh, if you're working on your own, you are the one fielding every single phone call um, and every single email. So that is the biggest difference, I find. So it's a, it sounds a graphic design, I think a lot of people have in their mind is quite a solo thing. They imagine an artist at their desk drawing, but there's a bit of a social element to it. it um, like. Absolutely. Yes, there's this idea that we're um, more technicians. There's a couple of falsehoods with regards to graphic designers. And one of them is that we're kind of technicians clicking away at keys in a darkened room kind of by ourselves. And while graphic design actually happens individually, design by committee does not work. There's an enormous amount of collaboration. And a graphic designer does not work in a bubble. So not only is there a lot of content coming in, um, there's also content going out to other creative professionals. So we have to collaborate within a team with a lot of different, um, both creative and non-creative uh, people, as well as, you know, we talk about working with a client, but a client also isn't a singular person. Oftentimes, um, there's teams of people on the client side as well. And it really does depend on what path a designer has taken for their own career. So working in identity design, I have worked with architects and fashion designers because of things like uniforms, things like that. Um, I have worked with manufacturers and carpenters and um, different artists because they were all creating components for that same brand. And, and as I was the person that was um, dictating in the most benevolent way, of course, um, dictating the, that overall vision for the brand, everything kind of had to um, be cohesive. For sure. And, you know, you kind of mentioned working with fashion designers and carpenters. Uh, I think there's a, an idea that graphic designers kind of have the one job, but you kind of can branch into so many industries and so much. Is there been anything in your career that you've worked on that you never expected to do as a graphic designer, as a as an artist in general? Right. Um, when I started and decided that I wanted to be a graphic designer, uh, I think that working with an architect was probably something that I never imagined that I would be doing. Um, and I got to work with a lot of different videographers and, uh, and editors. That was an enormous amount of fun and a completely different way to express 
uh, design and communication. Um, probably working with a choreographer is also right up there that it never occurred to me that I would ever need to work with a choreographer. But I've worked with three choreographers now in my career. Um, I've worked with choreographers to, um, on set. Uh, we were doing a fashion shoot uh, for a Canadian designer. And it was a beautiful, uh, beautiful campaign that was shot by um, Richard Bernadine in Montreal. And it was open exposure and everything was captured in camera. And so we needed the model to move and create this um, really ethereal kind of movement that, it, that was captured. And so we had a choreographer on set and I was talking to the choreographer about the different um, kind of iconic women that we wanted the model to uh, represent. And so she took all that information and worked with our model. And that was probably one of the most unique experiences as a graphic designer you'd never think to be working with a choreographer. Do you think that people have to have a natural eye for design to kind of get into graphic or is it something that you can teach and you can you pick can up? You can teach. People do not need to have that natural eye. Absolutely not. Um, design and art are very different things. Artists have the luxury or the responsibility, depending on your point of view, of expressing what is in their soul or holding up a mirror to society. But they get to make all of those choices. Design is commercial in nature. There is an enormous amount of artistry in what we do, but it is commercial. There are other people's messages that we are, have the responsibility of delivering. And there are people that have this really wonderful natural aesthetic eye, that they understand symmetry and balance, um, and that they understand contrast and all these different kind of foundational elements of design, they understand them kind of intrinsically and they don't need to be taught to see them. They just need to be taught how to utilize them in an intentional way. And then there are other people, and I was one of them, that needed to be taught. Um, I got taught when I was very, very young, but I still needed to be taught to really look at color and look at, and when you know, I look at color, I used to have to like intentionally and systematically kind of break it down into its components in my mind and then make choices with regards to contrast. After doing that, after years and years and years, I don't have to do that anymore um, and things like that. But I did have to in the beginning. I had to be taught all of those things. And anyone who has a open mind and has an understanding and an appreciation that all of these different ways to communicate, there is thought and intention behind it. It's not only on the surface. There are layers of meaning. And once someone accepts that and understands that and really takes this approach that I need to learn these things and think about things, then anyone can learn them. One of your, I, I don't want to call it a catchphrase, yeah. but, you know, I would say your tagline is notice design. Yes. What's, what's the, like the weirdest or most unique place that you've noticed something just incredibly designed? I would say that it was uh, remote because it's very easy for people when they're in the throes of their everyday life you know, I say, just look around you for a moment and really understand that everything you see has been designed by someone. And, and sometimes there's invisible processes that we don't think are designed because we can't hold them in our hands, but someone still needed to think of 
the process of making cars stop so that humans and other vehicles can move at different times and, and things like that. Where that becomes a little trickier is when you're out in nature. And I would say that uh, this year, I was on Vancouver Island this year, and we were climbing up a mountaintop, and we were looking out, and there was nothing. We didn't see anything man-made. It was absolutely beautiful. One of the people that I was with kind of made this joke about, so where are you going to notice the design from here? I'm like, well, actually, there's a lot to notice because even though we did not create what we see, we have used it. And scientists have been using nature for many, many, many years. So the way that those insects are moving is the same way that traffic systems are designed. And the fact that you pulled out your phone to identify something, you know, your phone is designed and there's an interface that has the app that you're using to identify that plant. So I truly have not found anyone who has been able to actually get away from design. What's your advice for someone who has, you know, possibly just kind of finished learning, finished school, and are starting to make their first steps into their career as a designer? What would, what would your advice to them be? Really, it's about spending a few years kind of being open. Graduates often have a very specific idea of what they want to do. And uh, my advice is always just be open. Like, yes, pursue what you think you want, but don't close doors. Because although there's a lot of disciplines and there's a lot of experience that students get while they're in the program, there's still a lot out there. There's an enormous amount out there. I often think that students should start off in studios first and foremost, and in agencies, because they're going to be surrounded by like-minded people. They're going to be surrounded um, by people that are creative professionals that understand what they do, but also have completely different experiences and perspectives. So they're going to learn different ways of doing things as well. But really, it's a case of just kind of being open and, and choosing your first jobs that are going to allow you to do to have as much experience as possible um, before you start kind of narrowing down and narrowing the field, whether it's on a type of work that they want to do or a type of industry that they want to work in. Thank you so much for your time today. I'm going to be sure to keep noticing this yes. everywhere I can. <laughs> Excellent. This has been a pleasure. Thank you so much. Thank you once again, Phoenix. And thanks to all of you for tuning in. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe wherever you find your podcasts. Until next week, I've been Darcy, and this has been Arts Anatomy.